Blog Talk Radio. Others 
of what God can do for them. So on this show on today, we have a very gifted writer and director of the hit stage play, Still Waters, Reese Wordlaw Alsey, along with several dynamic guests to here to talk to us about the play, but also to share with us testimonies and words of encouragement and much more in the episode called Victory in Spite the Odds. Victory in Spite the Odds. So without further moment to do, I would like to introduce how we say at church, I would like to introduce the some and present the others, our very own Miss Reese Alsey. How you doing today, ma'am? I am doing good. How about you, Brother Prater? Doing well, doing well, doing well. I want to make sure, I didn't get a chance to do this in the very beginning, but I want to make sure to go ahead and share this with your page as well as for many others who may be on here. I am very excited for you to be able to, you and your cast, to be on here. And this is, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, not just today, but also this coming Friday. Yes. But, um, but for first, for those who may not be familiar with you, can you first introduce yourself to us and a little bit about yourself, please? Okay. Well, again, um, my name is Reese Alcy. Um, I uh, am from Dallas, Texas, uh, born and raised. Uh, I am a wife. My husband, James Alcy, uh, he's uh, not here right now. He should be joining at any moment now, though. <clears throat> I'm a mother of four. Uh, they're all adults. So I'm an empty nester. Uh, Upon me becoming an empty nester, uh, I started writing uh, and became an author. Um, I also own and operate a staffing agency, MDE Staffing, that's in Dallas, Texas. uh, And we help with uh, job solutions um, for the unemployment and companies that need help. Um, Part of that authorship, though, uh, I became a playwright. I I was actually writing my own story. Uh, of my childhood, a, a testimony that I wanted to bring to life. And um, Farah, the lead character uh, in Stillwaters, just came to life and she took on a whole platform of her own. And uh, John came out of it. And it's just a, a, a brilliant story, if I must say so myself, uh, of love and triumph through God when you give it all to God and you let go some of, it, uh, some of that trauma. Um, that that holds us down. Um, I also am an author of a children's book. Don't touch me there. It's now on Amazon, and I will post the link um, uh, in the uh, caption here, so you can take a look at that and uh, go and purchase it if you want. Um, in this children's book, however, um, it helps kids to learn how to identify their special parts um, and also how to respond to inappropriate behavior. Uh, it helps them to understand their value and how it's important that they always feel protected and to remember just how brave um, that they really are. And they are a, a brave enough to demand respect. So that's what this book about is about. Um, it is available now. If you would like a physical copy, um, you can DM me and I can get that coordinated time to uh, meet with you and get it for you. Uh, otherwise, you can pick it up on Amazon. Um, but again, Still Waters, uh, June 2nd, that's when uh, we will be debuting the last part one of this particular story. Uh, part two will be debuting in the summer, and we hope that you all can come out. Wow. Wow, that is phenomenal. Um, 
especially being a wife, being a mother, a director, and author, how can you manage that? Well, I I manage it all with God, to be honest with you. Um, I wake up many days um, because one thing I I also didn't share um, is that God called me into ministry. So I am a minister as well. Um, I don't go by any titles or anything like that. At least I uh, try not to because we get lost in those, you know. Um, But I have been, uh, God told me in 2019 that he chose me to uh, save souls using my words, using my voice. Um, At one particular time, I hated my voice. I didn't like how I sounded. Uh, So, you know, I kind of ran from that for a very long time. Um, And it's in my how in learning, learning ministry and learning about God and uh, truly uh, delving into his word that he's opened up everything else for me. And I, I truly believe, you know, uh, Philippians 4, 13, where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that's how I'm able to do everything. It does get challenging. Many days I wake up still feeling I'm not good enough. I still have that fear. I still have that timidity, that shyness, but it's those 10 words. I count them down on my fingers. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those 10 words, when I look at these hands that God told me in my prayer closet, he took me by the hands and kissed my hands and said, everything that comes from these hands will be blessed. So I believe that, and I know he strengthens me, and that's how I continue on. Wow. Wow. And, you know, it's funny. I understand that... um, hated the voice, hated to hear your voice. I dealt with that for many years. And now look where God has called us to be in. And yeah. it's like God has a sense of humor, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Tell me about it. Yeah, you know, I choose you. Me? Yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> you know? and for the fact we're like Moses, like, uh, I, I don't think I can do this. My voice? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and you know, one of the things that was funny, um, even with that, of course, the fear of the nervousness, but now I kind of look at it as anticipation. Anticipation, yes. you know. Yes. Yes. It's, it, it's amazing. Yes, yes. And he chose you for that assignment. Mm-hmm. Out of all the people, relatives he could have used, but low you. <laughs> wow. You know what? I, I believe, Brother Prater, that God has chosen all of us to do something. And, you know, I used to, um, you know, when, when I was called into ministry, you know, um, I, I was just thinking, I was trying to make up all these excuses as to why. I'm like, God, you know, what am I going to say that people haven't already heard? You know, um, it's already so saturated. There's tons of women ministers. There's tons of men, you know, uh, men preachers out here. You know, how am I going to break through that? Um, I'm not going to call it noise, but how am I going to break through? And uh, God said, it's not about breaking through. It's about reaching one. So if you can just reach one, because our ministry may not necessarily be speaking or ministry in that regard. God gives us all the spiritual gifts. You may have the gift of servitude. Uh, you may have the gift of uh, prophecy. You may have the gift of prayer. It's all kinds of gifts that God gives us, apostleship. But the thing is, we get caught up on someone else's gift. So I know I'm not a singer, so I, I have no interest in going to 
uh, classes to become a singer. I let people with those gifts occupy that gift. This is this is the only gift, that, well, not the only gift, but this is one of the gifts that God has given me, and that's the only way I can flow in it. Um, so I figured, it, well, not necessarily I figured, <laughs> I just learned over time that um, when God gives you that gift, it's yours, and you don't have to worry about who hears it, who, who accepts it, if it's going to be accepted, all God needs is one. If you can save one soul, that one soul will go out and, and touch generations. As you never know, that one soul may have a house full of kids. They have, may have a grandchild. They may have a neighbor, whoever, and lives will be changed. So um, oftentimes we're, we're focusing on the big picture instead of what we can do right here. You know, the, the, the small things. What, what, what did God say? Uh, despise not small beginnings. And oftentimes we do that, you know. So I get long-winded. No, 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 no. You, you look at it. You're fine because this is showing people that little old you that used to be so scared, so reserved, look what mighty work that God can do through little old you. So, like I always say, you have the right hand of fellowship to just share and continue to share because you're reaching and you're helping someone, you know. And, and matter of fact, even what you was uh, sharing, I saw a video of Bishop TDJ talk about the person that reached him. Mm. And just think about the person that reached him. He was a, what they would consider an unknown minister at a little itty-bitty country church. Yeah. And now because of that young person reached him, now yeah. everyone that Bishop TDJ has encountered and blessed, that man is credited mm-hmm. with it. He has. He has. And he's been an inspiration in my life, you know, just from a distance. Um, because for a very long time when I was a kid, you know, I sucked my thumb for like 20 some odd years. So I had this really strong list. And uh, and so I, I, I spoke with this list, and I did not like to hear myself talk before I was saying, you know, I never thought I would be a speaker because of that. And I remember hearing a sermon by T.D. Jakes, and he was talking about his list and some of the exercises that he used, and it just inspired me. I said, you know what, I'm not going to let this list stop me. When there's free videos on YouTube, if you want, and I'm talking, those out there, they want to speak. And you might be afraid of your voice. You may feel like you need to work on your voice. There are videos on YouTube. YouTube University is a real thing. Yeah. You can go there, type on, you know, voice exercises. It'll, it'll help you with your enunciation, all of that. Free education. You don't have to go to school and buy it. <laughs> go to YouTube. It helped me. And it was T.D. Jake that, that opened that, that avenue for me. To, that gave me hope. Wow. Wow. Now, I, I do want to ask you now, with what all you do, how did you discover that or how did God reveal it to you pertaining to your gifts that you operate in now? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I didn't know I was gifted in that area at all, to be honest with you, in any of these areas. Um, it just, Everything just kind of uh, just opened up to me. I had a, a very uh, 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 tumultuous uh, uh, childhood. Um, I, you know, I, I suffered with uh, molestation. I was bullied in school a lot. 
you know, my parents weren't the best parents. I mean, how could they be when they were teenagers, when they had, you know, me? Um, and, um, you know, by the, and long story short, I was, by the time I was 14, I had my first kid. And by the age of 22, I had four children. So I uh, high school, I had two kids and, um, I didn't know how to be a parent. Um, and it, it was, it was just nothing, nothing but God, you know, that, that got me through a lot of that. Um, I've been in abusive marriages, uh, two abusive marriages, um, I battled cancer. I had a tumor on my shoulder the size of an egg. Uh, today I am blessed to say that I am cancer free. I don't have any tumors or anything like that. I still kind of get a little nervous when I go to the doctor, but God is good. And I just put it all in his hands. But, um, you know, it was at the age of 36 after going through all of that. And it, you know, I'm, I'm actually giving you kind of the, the PG 13 version of it, but, um, that's, that's the story that I'm actually going to put in place for him and that should be coming out in the fall. But, um, it was at the age of 36 when the Holy spirit had came to me. Um, I was getting ready to do a skit at church. Uh, it was called woman thou art loose. It was for a commercial, like a little, a small commercial for, um, the Potter's house and, uh, 2016, I was 36 years old. And uh, my ex-husband, my then husband, and I were um, about to divorce. And I remember laying on the couch because I was sleeping on the couch uh, that month leading into that. So I'm sleeping on the couch and I had to get up at 6.30 in the morning to go and uh, do that skit at church. So uh, about 1 o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I couldn't go back to sleep. Uh, And the Holy Spirit just kept nudging me and nudging me. Uh, Read woman thou art loose. There was one thing to know the story, but, and and to kind of skirt over it, but God wanted me to really study that story. So when I, uh, I opened it up and I read it and I read it again, it was just something about it. I could not stop rereading it. And then I started going into Bible studies that were online. And so, uh, when I did that, um, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just came to me and showed me that that lady that was bowed, uh, bowed down in that scripture was me. For the first 18 years, I didn't have any control over my life. The second 18 years, it was, it was a reflection of the first. But now at 36 years old in 2016, I was getting ready to be able to make a choice on what my life was going to look like for the next 36 years or, you know, 18 times 18 times 18. That's how it was revealed to me. Um, and so, um, it, it it was it was that and it was like my life just opened up from that moment um i ended up getting my own home i stayed there for a very long time uh, my children and i uh single mom i started a business um i my prayer life got strong with god i got really close to the lord and uh in my doing so in uh 2019 i was 39 uh, god i was writing in the dark because i just that was something that i did um i would turn off the light have my, my journal out, my pen, and just let the Holy Spirit just write through me. And you will be amazed. Uh, a lot of what I wrote, you can literally, it's like, it's, 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 it's clear, straight lines. Um, and it's God speaking to me and like a third person. So when I read it, even now, um, it's revelations about things that are happening in the world right now. It's, things that's going on in my life right now, I can read it and it helps me even in my walk today. Um, but he told me I was chosen to 
to carry his word and to save souls using my voice. And uh, that's how I started this journey. Hmm. Wow. And, you know, even just, just hearing your story, each stage that you face is not just a testimony within itself, but a whole movie. You know, yeah. you know the the cancer, the abuse, the, the early molestation, all these things, yeah. and then also juggling being a single mom. You know, just that transition. Yeah. I, I know I met um the, the young lady that was was your daughter that was at the uh, picnic. Which one was that? Uh, was it Nikki Jackson, the one that hosted yeah, yes, it? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Was she the oldest or? The oh, no, no, no. You're talking about my daughter. That was yes. my youngest baby. Your youngest uh, baby. Okay. Okay. Yes, and her name is Faith. Faith Hawkins. Okay. Yes. I do have to say this. Out of all that you shared, I saw the love. I saw the respect. Okay, I saw the love. Yes, yes, yeah, you, you can go ahead. Yes, um, I saw the love and the respect that was um, given. And my goodness, it was it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful for you to be able to just uh, for those that were in attendance at the uh, picnic a couple of a couple of weeks ago at Miss Nikki Jackson. Shout out to Miss Nikki Jackson. Um, it was so much love and respect that she displayed not just towards her daughter, but the responsibility her daughter had the same and gave it back to her. You know, it was a, um, a daughter and mother event that we had went to. And my goodness, that's where I met uh, Mrs. Alciad and just to see the love and, Everything between a mother and a daughter, it was so beautiful. So, and that old saying, you don't look like what you've been through. You know, that that statement, that statement, um, it, like I said, it showed in um, just seeing how y'all interacted with each other. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. So I, I wanted to make sure to acknowledge acknowledge that you know um because sometimes out of just one or two problems that you may have uh, encountered and the children are involved so many times the children would tell off sometimes the response of how the children interact with the parents it shows and it tells off you know and so when I saw y'all too, I was like, "Wow!" You know, and, she, and the most important thing that I saw, it looked like you didn't raise her to become a woman. You raised her to become a lady. The way she, the way she stood there, and how she, like I say, interacted, I was like, "Wow, that was beautiful." So I wanted to make sure that I had get you kudos. Um, job well done. You know you. But they're saying job well done because your job was done well. So, uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, thank you, thank you. Uh, I actually have three daughters, and uh, I'm just when I look at them, I I know it's nothing but God. I'm I'm very blessed that they are the young ladies that they are. Yes, 
Yes. Now, with the writing, what inspired you now with this current uh, stage play, Steel Waters? What inspired you to write this? Okay. Well, um, you know, the pier, which is a, a, a very uh, heavy and uh, important moment during the play, um, is, is a place where I would go and I would, you know, literally talk to God. And I just loved, I love being near water, even right now. Um, it's just something about the water that just eases my, just eases, eases me. Um, and so I would go out on this pier and, um, and I would, it's like I would just start talking to God about my problems and he would just give me answers. And I remember doing this, um, this, this meditation prayer, so to speak. And uh, what I did, I wrote down all the things that had hurt me in my past. And when I wrote these, uh, wrote down all the people that hurt me, uh, the people that, uh, the persons that molested me, um, my parents, uh, you know, what they, what, what I perceived that they did, um, everything, everything, even the bullies at school, I, I wrote it all down, the husbands, everything. And um, I, apolo- I, I accepted their apology and I just said, I forgive you and I love you and I send you just goodwill. And so when I, when I did that, I wrote all that stuff down. I took it and I folded it up. I folded it up in very, very small pieces. And then I just ripped it all, just ripped it all up. And then once I ripped it up, um, I, I took, I went outside uh, to that pier and I just sat there with it in my hand. And I just said, you know what? I let it all go. I let it go. I let it go. And when I let it go, I didn't spread it. I didn't throw it out there. But um, as, I, as I let it go, I just felt things just release off of me. So um, in writing Still Waters, like I said earlier, it really came from me writing my own story. And Sarah just came out of nowhere. It was like she was, she's me, but she's a little bit. You know, she's went through a whole lot more uh, in different pains. John is a commu- uh, uh, an accumulation of, of men that I've known in my past, like, um, you know, exes and, you know, he's an accumulation of like three people um, over my lifetime. Um, and I just took, you know, the worst of them and I, I put them all, and, and some of the best, you know, um, and I put them all in that one character. And then I just built it from there. Um, and then there were also experiences that I've uh, talked to other people about, um, and I added that in there with a little bit more drama. And here we have, you know, a, a, a whole play. Um, you know, when I when I finished writing, when I had finished writing the play, I allowed my um, my daughters to look it over. And I said, "Tell me what you think about it." And they said, "Well, you know, mom is is missing a couple of things." They wouldn't necessarily tell me what. They just said, "You know, think about." rewriting this part and rewriting that part and maybe uh, give me a little bit more, add a little bit more. So that's what I did because it was a little bit vaguer as I I planned on making it a longer series um, intentionally, but I I, I needed to dig a little bit deeper and and I did. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I got that perspective from them and also my husband. And um, it's, it's what we see today. Wow. Now, Speaking of still waters, in a few seconds, we're about to bring in the cast and uh, life for each and every one of y'all to just 
chime in and just share. But I do have to ask this one question. Uh, when you mentioned about the, I guess, the beginning of uh, Still Waters, you brought in about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I had to forgive. Just in case someone who may be listening and they may be at that point of not forgiving someone. Matter of fact, I had a book signing last week, and this lady told me that she don't want to buy my book because she's not ready to forgive. And I was like, but hey, no problem. You know, there are some people who want to hold on. There are some people have a misunderstanding of what the definition of unforgiveness is. Um, can you explain to us what forgiveness is, what forgiveness looked like, and even the benefits of releasing those things? Well, um, I believe that forgiveness is all about just releasing the resentment and letting go of things that have happened to you. It is taking your victory back. It is uh, learning that you are not a victim. You are a you are a victor, and the only way you can become a victor and no longer a victim is by taking your power back through forgiveness. That is, and you forgive not just for the other person; you forgive for yourself. And it is one of the greatest things that uh, God has shown us to do. You know, when Jesus was on the cross and, you know, he did all of these miracles and he, and he, and he loved on people like he did no wrong while he was here. Uh, no, no wrong at all. And they still hung him on the cross. His last words were, forgive them for they know not what they do. If he, and I took that to heart. I took that to heart. I had, when I read that, um, It was in my prayer closet. It it just hit me so strongly that that is the ultimate form of love. You can't say that you love. You can't even tell me you love yourself if you're holding on to resentment and hatred towards somebody. Because that's not God. You have to let that stuff go. Whatever someone has done to you, Oftentimes, if they knew the actual impact, they probably wouldn't have done it. And even if they would have done it knowing the impact, that's something that they have to live with, not you. You can choose to take your life back at any moment. You can have the victory at any moment. But if you keep holding on to it, if you keep holding on to that resentment, if you keep holding on to guilt, or shame because of unforgiveness, uh, because you haven't forgiven yourself, then you'll never get to where God wants you to be, which is free, which is at peace, which is love and joy. You can't, that, it, it just can't operate in a, in a situation that's, that's dark like that, filled, filled with guilt and shame and anger and resentment and, and, um, and holding on to things that, that have caused you, caused you pain. You have to let that stuff go. Because you deserve, you deserve forgiveness, and the other person, even though it may not feel like it, they deserve forgiveness. Because we're all God's children. Hmm. That was, you know, that is so needed. And because 
you chose to forgive, God has gifted you with this beautiful, beautiful stage play, um, redemptive, a redemptive product. All those things that you have shared because you gave it to God, God has entrusted you now with such a beautiful treasure. And what I want to do now, I want to introduce or uh, bring in our guest at this time, excuse me, our state, excuse me, our, our cast <laughs> at this time. And if you don't mind, Miss uh, Reese, if you don't mind introducing our cast members at this time. Yes, um, I'm going to start with uh, Alfreda. She's playing two characters in the play, uh, Bella, uh, which is the uh, best friend of the lead character, Sarah. And she's also playing Sister Beatrice, who was the mistress, uh, then turned wife of uh, the pastor in the play. And she does a phenomenal job at it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, well. Uh, um, very nice to meet you, brother. Uh, I mentioned uh, I do play both characters. Real quick, I'm Eureka. Well, Miss Reese and uh, so you know, share as far as, as you know some of the things. I'm um, just really elated and over strength. Uh, but as far as uh, with what I do um bella first play i highly recommend uh, this play was written with uh within mind of you know and to be one to grow one to give acknowledgement to you know what's kind us oftentimes uh we're things that really don't matter and uh, with how she wrote this this play, real life, real issues. And Bella, the the friend of Sarah, she's things together. You know, just a bubbly girl, but in reality, she really does. And uh, she was writing the next. Uh, um, it's gonna you know share some. Beatrice, you know, this happens quite often, you know. She uh, was very, she presented herself to, you know, have it all together, um, but, you know, she was very neglectful. And um, something in the process of all that. So uh, the play was written to give light to many scenarios that happen quite often, regardless of color, and the outstanding job well, with the, as well as uh, writing it. And I'm very, I wasn't planning on playing two characters, but, and uh, I'm, you know, I have not seen it. Please come out, because I promise, uh, you know, Thing. 
Awesome, awesome. Yeah, Miss Alfreda, thank you, thank you so much. And um, now there's the next person I would like to bring in. This young man, he looks familiar. Mr. James Elsie, please introduce yourself, please. Oh, uh, yes, uh, can, can everybody hear me? Yes. Yes, uh, my name is James. Uh, I'm the husband of the beautiful Eurisa Oopsie. Uh, this play is definitely uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, number one, because it comes out of the heart of my wife. Uh, you know, after discussing the play and, and deep diving uh, into, into character development, I think this play really represents what, what most couples are probably experiencing today. Uh, and, and that what made it you know, important for me uh, to kind of give my input from a male perspective uh, and, and a character development perspective. So uh, my wife has done an extremely, extremely great job uh, at, at developing the characters and, and, and laying out the groundwork. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And also, we have uh, one more cast member, but um, we're going to check and see if he's available at this time. Um, there was an emergency, so it's totally, totally uh, understandable, but he's not on right now. But whenever um, he's available, we will definitely have him on. And now we're going to bring the whole family together. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, I want to say first to the cast, I really appreciate you all being available to come in at this time. Um, oh, okay, okay. Like, there he is. There he is. Okay, we're going to let him come in. There he is. Okay. How you folks doing today? Doing doing great. How about yourself today? Um, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for asking. I've been listening on the drive, as I said, um, everything. I mean, I, I knew a little bit about your story, Reese, but I didn't know the details of it. But amazing, strong, fierce, black girl power. All right. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, you're welcome right now if you'd like to um, share a little bit about yourself as well as even pertain uh, to the character that you uh, play. Yes. Okay. Um, my name is Sekou Calhoun. I'm originally from New York City. Been out here in Texas since 2006. I am uh, a minister as well. I have uh, I have a 12 year old and a 15 year old son. Um, former military, former law enforcement, now working in the insurance industry, and I stumbled upon, not stumbled upon acting. I purposed my acting by simply articulating it. Articulating it. it was at, I was working with State Farm at the time, and we were doing an icebreaker. It was my first uh, day on the team, this particular team. So they went around the room, we did the icebreaker. The icebreaker was uh, tell us something about yourself that no one else may not necessarily know. And I said, well, I secretly want to be an actor. I think I was 45 years old when I said that. A few years later, one of my teammates, June Brown, uh, came up to me and said, I remember in the, ice, in the team meeting, you said you wanted to be an actor. Well, my church is having a play. You should go audition. I said, you know what? I think I will. 
it wasn't an audition. Uh, you walked in and you basically got the part. It was a storefront search. And if you walked through the doors, you were automatically a member and a part of the play. So um, I, I like to tell people that that's how I got my start. Uh, well, when the play actually happened, there was uh, a playwright, a real, real playwright, not somebody who's just doing it for the church. They did stuff um, uh, and and on Broadway, for, in Texas Broadway and things of that nature. And they came up to me afterwards, her and her partner came up to me afterwards and said, you have something, um, you should keep at it. And they told me about Greg Ellis, the for, a former, I believe he was a tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he was having a play and they said, I should go audition for that play because they didn't have anything in the works right now. And so with that one play on my resume, I went and got headshots that weekend. And that Wednesday, I went down to Greg Ellis's um, production studio, Playwright Studios in Dallas, and auditioned uh, with him and the director of the play, Rebecca Moore, and uh, the writer of the play uh, was there. And they looked at each other. It was quiet after I did my monologue. Uh, and they said, he said to me, uh, who did you study under, Sekou? I said, no one. They looked at each other, nodded their head, and said, no one? I said, no one. No one, sir. And he said, I will be honest with you, you have done better than more than the people who came through here that were classically trained. And so I'm, I've been acting ever since. That was, uh, I was 50 years old when I did that first play. I've been acting ever since. And as far as the character, um, only thing we have in common is that we were ministers. <laughs> so this was a stretch for me, the, the role that I had to play. Um, it's a stretch. It's a dark character. It's a manipulative character. It's a character that I've known in my lifetime, um, through, not through personal experience, but through secondhand information. Uh, so I kind of fed off of um, how I seen that particular person move and act and talk. So I developed my character from that character, from that person who I've known, who I knew in my younger years. Well, well, you know, um, now I'm going to get all, going to get the band together. Um, <laughs> This is this is something that's um, beautiful, especially. <clears throat> I got a chance. I'm gonna be in attendance on this coming Friday. I look forward to it. This I look at this as, you know, an outing that I need. And I and I have to say this: many people that are believers as ministers, it's okay for us to have a social life. You can have a social life without having sin or doing sin and even such a play like this this is a great opportunity for us to even have our ears to the ground to learn about what's going on in society you know so many of us are naive about what goes on and so this right here you know i thank you for allowing god to write through you as well as to cast being able to even minister to us and sometimes even in situations like the different characters, it reveals a little bit of us that needs to be corrected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I, I wanted to ask, um, 
Miss Afreda. Now, if I'm if I'm correct, you and Miss Reese are sisters. Yes. Yes. That's okay. my sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, how is it working with your sister? Um, uh, I mean, we have conference based all the time. And uh, uh, experience uh, and her youth. So I, I, I understand where she's coming from. In my adulthood, I um, will just find it really, really hard to believe, but I really, I am too afraid of my own voice. I don't believe I can sing, or I don't believe ability to speak well, you know? Um, so, kind of out of that, I didn't even think I was smart enough, you know? Great English middle school teacher and a part still college. So, you know, showing myself in do all these things and you know if you are if you know that you can do anything that you put your mind to and all the time I would have to I would just say this prayer in my head God well the God has been giving me the spirit of fear but the power is that mine yeah so doing things with me with me and her or you know and um I know some, and I see her today I, I just like wow I just I'm by it and I'm so just like proud like I know where she came from I know what she's gone through you know I'm you know work, working with her it's not hard or it's because that we have we have uh a background you know yeah you know, it's easy, you know. Um, I'm going to say that we we never just had uh, a disagreement, yeah. you know. Of course, arguments. However, if you are an adult to have effective communication and share how you feel, there should be, some, you know, any type of constructive criticism um, is a part of especially if you look at the change and want to change. Yeah. There have been times, you know, there was, there's, we've got tested sharing with each other as far as how we feel and, you know, just effective communication with being, you know, with your children, your job, yeah. um, talk, just be effective and share exactly tell whoever how you feeling what's on your heart and what's on your mind because no one yeah. like you know if any of you share these things you just never know the, the outcome and usually in something that hey you actually probably something that if they just straight away maybe they so uh working with her <laughs> she 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 and, so many ways, you know, so, uh, and, uh, yeah, so. Wow. That's beautiful. And, and, you know, um, it's beautiful for siblings to be able to share with each other 
how they feel, you know, not just, it's, it's not something that has to be made or forced, but when you really, when there's genuine love, it's easy, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I do want to ask Mr. Alcee, first of all, thank you for, um, you know, even just coming on and, you know, when you were speaking about your wife, you know, I can imagine you have your chest out for you to be able to just enjoy and seeing your wife operating her gifts. You know, um, I know you spoke a little bit about it uh, earlier, but I want you to be able to just share with on your heart to even help other guys who may be listening, may be watching, who, you know, hesitant about even just, you know, or you may even challenge some guys to, hey, go in there and support your wife. You don't have to, you know, understand it. You go and you show interest. So even for the guys who may be watching, please speak to them at this time or speak to us at this time. Yeah, so uh, I, I heard uh, recently I heard Steve Harvey say something that, that really struck me. And he, uh, he said that, you know, in most cases, people think, if they blow out your candle, then your candle is going to shine brighter, right? And that's mm. like that's, that's just not the case. Uh, so, uh, in the case of my wife and I, you know, uh, when a man finds a wife, he finds a great thing, and the two join, they become one, right? So there is no competition, there is no front back, there is no, you know, some someone doing better. Or, or, or this, this, none of that doesn't exist because we're one, right? So my job is to pour into my wife, right? Speak into my wife, pray for my wife and allow her to develop her gifts, right? To live her life to, you know, in, in accordance to what God has called her to be, you know, I'm a leader. And, and that's, that's, that's the core of a leader. I, I don't need to be, you know, I, I don't need accolades. Like I, I don't need people calling my name, shout nothing. I don't need any of that as a leader. Uh, my greatest satisfaction comes with helping my wife, right? And, and people who are under me to develop their leadership qualities and to put them in a position to do exactly what God called them to do. And as a man and as a leader of your household, that's exactly what your job should be. And I'm walking in that, right? Like I'm not intimidated. Like I'm, 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 my chest is out, right? I am proud, right? I need the, the accolades from one person. That's it. I don't need accolades. Million, ten thousand. I, I don't need a huge social media following, right? The moment my wife tells me that she looks up to me, right, and she calls me her mentor, I'm I'm good. Like I I don't I don't need anything from anybody else. And so you know, my job again, right, as a man and as a leader of my family is to pour into my family, you know, pour into my wife to speak life, right, and to get her where she needs to be. So if I got to use my talents and my gifts to get her there, I have no problem with doing that. No problem whatsoever. And, and, and that's where my satisfaction comes from, seeing my wife walk her walk that God has called her to walk. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. As you were speaking, um, I feel the need to ask to both of y'all this because mm-hmm. this may be something that someone that may be watching or listening may be wondering. And if you don't mind, I would like to have uh, both of you to for Miss Reese to speak to the ladies and also to Mr. James, if he could speak to the guys and answer this question. 
does true love still exist? Does true love still exist? You know, because of what you're sharing, I mean, so many people, they may feel like, well, that's only uh, what you see on TV or in Hollywood. But if you don't mind for those who may be looking for love, seeking for love, and especially within the church, I want you all to really just share share with y'all the heart and also you all being a testimony in front of us, you know, about trusting God pertaining to love, pertaining to that spouse. And I want to uh, first, uh, starting with the lady, uh, Miss Reese, if you can share for those ladies who may be wondering about love, if true love still exists, if you can speak to them at this time. Um. True love absolutely does exist, but it starts first with yourself. It starts first with your love with God. You have to allow, my husband said earlier, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. When we read that, we kind of skirt over it and we read it on the surface. But what it's saying and what I got from it uh, prior to me meeting my husband was I have to first become a wife a wife that before he can find it. So when he finds me, I'm already a wife. And so when I go to Isaiah 54, which is what I would go to bed uh, reading every night when I was single, Isaiah 54 and 5, that my maker is my husband. So I carried myself as God's husband. I mean, as God's wife, that was my heavenly husband. And I knew that when God did send me someone that he was going to be a physical representation of what God was already doing. I know he can't come, he's not God, but he was going to be that love for me in the physical because God was providing, he was taking, and he still does. He takes care of me and he loves me unconditionally uh, for me and as me. So um, I knew that my husband was going to be a good man because I was already carrying myself as that wife. So when my husband found me, he found a wife. Um, so I would say, ladies, become that wife first. Like you need, you have to become that first before anybody can find you. And you have to love yourself. When you look in that mirror, if you don't like who, what you see or who you see, you are not ready to date. You are not. You're not ready to be with anybody. You're just not. And, and all you're going to do is, and, and if you haven't healed your inner trauma or your childhood trauma, um, I had a lot. Uh, God knows I did. Um, But if you haven't healed that, all you're going to do is attract people to you that is basically you outpictured. So whatever you're dealing with, you're going to, you're going to meet with someone, you're going to meet someone that's dealing with something that is sort of the same or dealing with an issue that's going to, that's going to pull the same uh, energy from you that you've been experiencing since you were young or, you know, since the trauma or the pain happened. Uh, so it's, it's really crucial that you heal first, uh, love God, love yourself, and become that wife that you want to be. And if you're not willing to do that, then you just, you, I, I just say, you know, stay by yourself for a little bit until you're able to, to get that done for yourself. And when you date, take your time, uh, collect data. Take I remember hearing this a long time ago, you know, I don't remember where, but it said date to collect data, not feelings. So if you're dating to collect data and you slow the train down a little bit and you get out of your feelings, don't 
call forth the feeling so so quickly, then you won't allow those soul ties to get connected and you'll be able to make better decisions as to who you bring into your life. But yes, to your question, love absolutely does exist. It starts first with God and yourself. Thank you. Thank you. That was so needed. And now I'm going to ask Mr. James, if you can uh, share with us from the man's perspective. Oh, just to just, you know, uh, even to, to ask the question, does love still exist, would be asking the question, does God still exist? Right? Because God is love. Uh, and from a male perspective, uh, love does absolutely exist because it exists inside of all of us first. And being able to discover the love inside of you is the only way that you can really unlock how to love someone else. Uh, Jesus you know, instructed us to love thy neighbor as ourselves. So love is a command and not an emotion. And I think uh, uh, today's society, we have wrapped our minds around love being a feeling, right? When when Jesus says, go love your neighbor, right? It, that's a command, right? I, he's not telling us to go, you know, if I commanded you to cry, it's probably not going to happen on the drop of a dime. Like if I told you to be sad or be happy or whatever, right? So love is not an emotion, it's a command. So we have to choose to love, right? Love is action. And the feeling of love comes after you do the action, right? And and I think that's what we get mixed up, and that's how I see my life, and that's how my wife and I live our life. You know, we love each other, and it's a choice, right? We, we choose to love each other every single day through our actions and through the actions of choosing to love one another. You know, the feeling of love materializes through the actions. So yes, does love exist? It does, right? Is it real? It does because God is real. It's an action. But for my men out there, right, if you want to be in a position to find your wife, you have to be prepared because in, in a lot of cases, you know, if God bless you with a strong woman, he's challenging your leadership to go to the next level, right? You have to grow your leadership as a man if you want to prepare yourself to hold, maintain a woman and grow a family. Hmm. That, that was awesome. Um, matter of fact, you could have kept on going another 75 minutes. I would have been fine. <laughs> yes. And and I, I do want to share with you, um, you know, publicly, just in case you may not uh, hear it often, as a man, I appreciate you. I Thank appreciate you. you for your stance. I appreciate you for your transparency. You know, oftentimes many of us as men, and, 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 you know, I work in the jail. I work in the jailhouse. Many men, you know, we get threatened. Some men, they don't want to be vulnerable, you know, not even to their spouse. And so to see someone to praise their wife and, like you said, not feel threatened, that's beautiful. So I appreciate you on behalf of the men. I thank you especially, being honest with you, especially the men within the church. Thank you. Thank you. We need more men just like you to come out and talk to let us know it's okay to support your wife and still be a leader. It's okay to support your wife and share right here this. So I, I thank you. Please, um, whatever whatever the Lord laid upon your heart right now, 
Mr. James, share it with us. Whatever the Lord laid upon your heart right now, feel free to share it with us at this time. Well, I, I have a message for the men out there, right? I mean, I, I think that, you know, uh, relationships are in trouble, right? And and it starts with the man because we're the lead, right? We're the head. If we're the head, everything start, starts with us first. And I've heard, I've heard a long narrative of our women, you know, in our community are damaged, yada, yada, yada. I don't care about that, right? As a man of God, as a leader, your job is to go out there and to build a family. Facts. Nothing else, right? No excuses. We have to do that as men. Right? We have to take charge. We have to take the, the lead and show our women that we are capable of leaving, leaving, leading a family. You know, a woman will test you. That's her nature, right? She has to know that you're going to protect the family. And that doesn't mean that there's no strike against you. There's no strike against you. But she's built to test to see who she has on her team, right? So as men, we got to get better. We got to get stronger. And our leadership has to, has to be to where we can lead our strong women because they're stronger now today than they've ever been. You know, women are the tree of life. Women are the heaven is found inside of a woman. Right, we have to be able to pour into our women and lead them in a way that's going to save this world. Facts. I thank you. I thank you. That was that was very necessary. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in uh, Mr. Frida also. Like I had like I had mentioned, uh, um, Mr. Calhoun, uh, Pastor Calhoun, um, he's taking care of some. Um, personal matters, and I thank God for even just him coming in to, you know, just share with us. But um, for right now, as we as we get ready to wrap up, Miss um, Reese, if you have a word for those that might be watching, female or male, uh, please share with us at the time with love of the Lord laid upon your heart. Um, I'll be brief, um, and I will say healing starts on the inside. Uh, we have to heal the pain on the inside uh, because it's not until we do that that it will externalize and manifest manifest itself outwardly. Um, and as my husband was saying, you know, our job is to love on one another, uh, you know, support one another. Um, it's enough with the the backbiting and the the hating on each other and. Um, you know, our communities need us to come together now more than ever. You know, we are in a, a spiritually heightened time. Um, it's important that we start to think the right way uh, and see good in everything because God is good and God is in everything. Everything that you look around and see came out of someone's mind, out of their heart, out of their spirit, and they brought it to life. And just like uh, they did, so can you. Uh, and, and as we look around, we just know, just know that God is in it. Everything that you see from the trees to the birds, uh, to the sky, everything that you hear, the birds singing, you know, the, the bee that buzzes by your ear, it's all, it just be grateful and thankful because, um, it's all God and God is good. So, uh, just, just focus on your healing, focus on loving one another and taking care of each other. Uh, greet your brother or your sister in the street, uh, you know, and, and just celebrate them. Celebrate each other. Love on each other. And that's it. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Now, <clears throat> as we as we get ready to um, 
close for those who may have been watching this new, um, rather it been uh, Miss Alfreda or Mr. James or Pastor Calhoun or even Miss Reese uh, who been touched or maybe even just had some type of connection that may feel like, wow, somebody understands me. You know, um, Miss Reese, if you don't mind um, speaking to someone who may be feeling those ways that you felt, and also, if you don't mind, leading us in a word of prayer. Okay. Um, whatever you're going through right now, just give it to God. Let it go and give it to God. You can't do anything about the past. The past, I mean, even yesterday is the past. You, we can't do anything about it. All we can do is move forward. So move forward. Move forward in gratitude and in love. Focus on gratitude. Focus on the things that you can be thankful for and focus on just the love of God that is in you. Um, and that will carry you forward. Don't worry about what somebody has done to you. It doesn't even matter. It only matters if you keep making it matter, as long as you keep bringing it to the forefront. Uh, your past, it's your past for a reason. It's behind you. Um, you. You can't move forward. If you think about you driving in your car, and I've heard this so many times, um, if you're driving in the car and you're looking in the rearview mirror, how far are you going to go? You're going to crash. And if you're looking on the side views because you're you're so scared and you're so full of fear, you're looking at the side view mirrors, you know, more than you are focusing forward, then guess what? You're going to be going into somebody else's lane. You got to focus forward and focus on what God has for you. And if you don't know what that is, pray. Prayer is your greatest asset. If you can't do anything else, you can close your eyes and pray. And your prayer doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be drawn out. It doesn't have to be, you know, amazingly beautiful like you hear some of the prayer warriors. I mean, that's their spiritual gift. Uh, prayer is a gift. Uh, the, the ability to pray the way some of our prayer warriors do. So don't worry if it doesn't sound like that. God knows your heart. He knows what's here. So when you pray, Pray and talk to God like you're talking to your best bud. You know, instead of you calling and talk, telling your mom your business or telling your sister your business or telling the cousin your business or your friend your business, who's probably going to go and tell somebody else anyway, and they really can't do anything about it, go to God and just ask God, God, what do you want me to do about this situation? Or uh, an affirmation that I love to use is, God, I baptize this situation in success. Or I plead the blood over this situation, and I go free. I plead the blood over this situation, and I go free. That is something that you can say whenever anything is going on in your life. Or I just, I baptize it success, and I, and I go free. Free yourself. And uh, with that, we're going to go into prayer. <sighs> dear, dear God, um, we come today to fellowship with you. Uh, before your heavenly throne, God. And we just ask that you continue to watch over us, God. Thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful uh, message today, this wonderful program. Thank you for using Brother Prater, uh, Prater the way that you have, God, and that he has been obedient to you to even open this platform up to uh, us and allowing us to reconnect our hearts. God, thank you so much for the listeners. And I ask for a special anointing over each and every person that's uh, listening tonight and everybody that is 
on the podcast, God. We know that we could be doing anything else, but we came together in fellowship for you. So God, continue to watch over us, continue to just uh, map our uh, lives and order our steps, God. Keep us in your perfect will and grace and continue to just anoint us and love on us and uh, as we continue to love on our brother and our sister. Uh, God, allow something that was said tonight to help someone to heal someone, to, uh, to just to help someone on this walk, God, because we know that this journey is not easy. But with you, God, with our hand in yours, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God, allow us to continue to keep our hands in yours. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 I thank you so much, so much. Um, uh, once again, uh, Pastor Calhoun, we definitely be praying for you and your situation. Also, um, we know that you have to um, be off, but if you'd like to share anything, you're welcome to at this time. I appreciate everyone that's on the line. I appreciate all that was said. I appreciate your prayers. I, I, I piggyback off of what everyone else has said. What everyone else has said. Um, and I would like to add uh, we look for we look for so much reward here on on earth, but when I think about the rewards that are being stored up for me and the heavenlies, it makes me that much more determined because I'm sure when we get up there and we see the rewards that are stored up for us, it's going to make the rewards we receive down here seem worthless. Everyone loves to pat on the back. Everyone loves to be commended. Everyone loves to see their name and lights. But when it comes down to relationships and marriage and, and, and just doing life, I really look forward to that crown, that incorruptible crown that crown that says that I persevered despite what I was going through, that crown that says that um, no matter what I went through, I didn't give up. Mm. I didn't complain. I allowed the Holy Spirit to go before me and fight my battles. Even though I tried to go many times in my life before the Holy Spirit to fight the battle myself, and every time I did that, I wound up losing. Yeah. They felt good for the moment, mm. but the conviction that came afterwards that weighed heavily upon my head, yeah. I don't like that feeling. So give me my incorruptible crown. Give me my crown of righteousness. Give me my crown of life. And so that one day I can throw them at the feet of Jesus mm. and all. Mm. Be blessed, people. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And I thank you all for tuning in. And now we've heard so much about this place, Still Waters. Please, please, please give us the information on where it is, when it will be, and how to get to it. Yes. Bye, Seku. <laughs> um, so the play is going to be June the 2nd, this Friday, uh, at 7 p.m., 
uh, sharp. You're welcome to get there a little bit early. Make sure that you get your seat. Uh, we do have a few VIP tickets uh, still available that comes with a swag bag uh, and also uh, pictures with the cast. Um, and then we have uh, some general admission tickets. Uh, they're only $21. Um, if you go to Ticket Leap, Ticket Leap, and that is T-I-C-K-E-T-L-E-A-P, uh, and type in Stillwaters. Um, once you go to purchase your ticket, if you type in the coupon code TAKE10, it will take 10% off of your ticket. So um, if you, and I think there's a limit of four on that. So you can go ahead and, um, and, and get your tickets tonight. Um, and we are also on Eventbrite. You can do the same thing there. Um, there's not a ticket code on Eventbrite though. So um, yeah, so that's how you can get there. We're gonna be at the South Dallas Cultural Arts Center at 3400 South Fitzhugh. Hope to see you. Yes, yes. If you don't mind, um, the last 15 seconds look like it had a black top. Can you give us the address in the time one more time? Oh, okay. So uh, South Dallas Cultural Arts Center, uh, it is at 3400 South Fitzhugh Avenue in Dallas. It's right across the street from Fair Park. Uh, it's at 7 o'clock. Uh, you can get your tickets on Eventbrite or Ticket Leap. Use Take 10 to take 10% off uh, your tickets on Ticket Leap only. That's awesome. Once again, I thank you all so much. I will be there. Brother Prater will be there. Friday Yay. night. I'm going to say Thursday night. I'm going to show up on the road night. But Friday night, I will be there. I look forward to um, not just uh, meeting you all in person and seeing those who may be watching right now. Um, once again, Ms. Alfreda, thank you. Not just for chiming in, but thank you so much for being the sister, being that sister that she raved about. And, and Mr. James... Thank you, thank you, thank you for being that husband, being that man that God called for all of us to be. I thank sure. you. Uh, once again, Pastor Calhoun, thank you for chiming in, definitely praying for you. And last but not least, Miss Reese, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your gift and allowing us to be able to just uh, feast off of what God has given you, what God has birthed you. So thank y'all so much, and I thank each and every one of y'all for tuning in to Reconnect My Heart. Thank you. God bless you, and good night. Good night. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. May y'all sleep well. May y'all enjoy, and I know Sometimes when I'm on a show, sometimes after I get done, it takes me a couple of minutes because I'm high. <laughs> but I thank you all, and I pray for you all to have a great night rest. And may you all wake up refreshed, renewed for God to use you all. And I thank you all so much. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.